Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Happy Friday, the final Friday of 2019 here on Fantasy Sports Today. So much to get to here on the show. Lots of college football, lots of NFL football, baseball as well, maybe even some darts. Well, maybe not. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. And I cannot wait to get started here. And good afternoon. Welcome in and happy to be with you here. Hope you guys had a great holiday. It is still the holiday season for me. And I'm sure the holiday season for a lot of you. Merry Christmas. uh, Happy holidays. And happy Hanukkah. And happy Kwanzaa. Did I miss anything? Hopefully not. If I did, I apologize for insulting you. And uh, Sean Guastamaki is producing the show today, and we have plenty to get to here on the show as we uh, close out the year. I can't believe this year has come and gone here, 2019. But we still have a, a couple more shows to go next week, Monday and Tuesday, as Joe Pizapia back with me. And uh, throughout the show today, we'll do a lot of college football. Obviously, we got bowl games coming up. we got the NFL Week 17, and we have some baseball news to get to as well. So that's kind of where we start today. And let's begin with what I saw yesterday in college football, and I know that we have some games going on today. And I'll talk about this a little bit more when we hit on the exit uh, velocity, which is the two-minute drill, whatever you want to call the last two minutes of our show. Did any of you sit and watch the three-hour extravaganza between Louisiana Tech and Miami? I mean, you got to be kidding me. This was, I I thought the Cheez-Its Bowl last year was the worst bowl I had ever seen. I think that was TCU and Cal, if I'm not mistaken. This bowl, that bowl made this bowl look ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that game. You had two teams... And and first of all, let's give credit to the winner because there was a winner in that and it was Louisiana Tech. But you had two teams that couldn't throw the ball, couldn't run the ball, and basically were just going three and out and punt throughout the entire game. Now, you may wonder, well, why focus so much on this game and not on the other games going on today? But we got two hours. We can cover it all here on the show. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I live in South Florida. This is where I've lived for uh, the better part of of 30, 40 years. I took a break and lived on the west coast of Florida for a few years, and I also lived in Gainesville as I went to the University of Florida from 1991 to 1995. So I think that I'm pretty well schooled as somebody who has covered the University of Miami football team and covered them to all of their home games. And in fact, I went to Miami's national championship games and covered them for Fox Sports Florida. Um, 
covered their championship game against Nebraska and against Ohio State. One win, one loss. Remember that crazy uh, penalty at the end of the game against Ohio State? Maurice Claret, remember that guy? Uh, <laughs> rushed for a touchdown in overtime and ended up winning. But I got to say that I just I don't I I see a lot of people commenting online and I see a lot of people saying that the school is just not concerned with athletics or they're not willing to pay coaches and not willing to do what it takes to bring that school back to prominence. But this isn't even about prominence. Why in the world would any team that's six and six go into a bowl game and show that kind of performance? What is the point? What was the point? I don't get it. Now, for Louisiana Tech, they won eight games. Made a lot of sense. The game was in Louisiana. They get to play against a Power 5 conference in Miami. But if you are Miami and you know that you're going to basically not have a half a dozen kids who decided to go to the NFL, for what reason, I don't know, because none of them are going in the first or second round, and on top of it, your game plan is to play three different quarterbacks in this game, one of which who hadn't taken a snap all season long. Very little awareness by that school. What was the gain? What was the benefit? The only possible benefit that I could think of as a university is that you're on a showcase. You have no other game being played against you on television. So therefore, all of the recruits who are watching can watch you beat down Louisiana Tech and then maybe choose to go to your school. And it was the opposite. If I am a recruit and I'm thinking about going there after seeing that, why would I? After seeing my coach throw in three different quarterbacks in and out, and I mean, it was like an exhibition game in the NFL. for uh, Really, for both teams, but Louisiana Tech, their, their quarterback got hurt. He was a good quarterback. But for Miami, my gosh. My gosh, why in the world accept the bid? Just say no. <laughs> Just say no, thank you. We're going to sit this one out. We didn't have a good year. We probably shouldn't even be in a bowl game at all. And the only thing that this is going to do is it's going to hurt us because our offense stinks. And we have our two best receivers and tight end out of this game. We're going to sit it out. And you know what we'd be talking about right now this time of the year with Miami? Nothing. Nothing at all. It'd be like, okay, they just had a bad year. On to the next. Instead, oh, my gosh, holy bleep. Fired the offensive coordinator today. Fire the head coach. Fire everybody. Change the whole thing. Fire the athletic director. Like, if they knew that this was the plan, why go through and execute this horrible plan? Did they think that three quarterbacks in one game rotating was going to work? One of which was a transfer from Ohio State that left the team halfway through the season? Wow. Wow. Of all the things I've seen in bowl season, that one goes at the top. Honestly, it goes at the bottom. More to come here with the opening drive on Fantasy Sports today. I'm Craig Mish. We'll be back next with plenty more. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.
Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage The opening drive The first play of the game From the opening play And all the way for a touchdown And happy Friday to you Craig Mish live here on Fantasy Sports Today By the way, I never uh, mentioned this But you can always hit me up on Twitter At Craig Mish If you like, at FNTSY Radio. If you have any questions, both fantasy and reality related, happy to do that. A little bit later in the show, John Lobb will join us. We'll go through every single college bowl game yet to come and give you some picks on those as well. Perhaps Sean and I will discuss some of those as we do. Is the wrong team favor coming up this weekend? Usually I do that with Joe on Thursdays, but we'll flip it up to Fridays today. All right, so here is the opening drive for this Friday, December 27th, 2019. We'll start off with... Dan Quinn. Wow. Dan Quinn, huh? Back with the Atlanta Falcons. That's something that I didn't see coming, or better yet, I didn't see it coming on December 27th, that's for sure. And by the way, uh, when this usually happens, does give teams a little bit extra motivation for their teams on Sunday. So perhaps the Falcons play a little bit tougher against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It it projects to be one of the more entertaining games of the week on Sunday. And uh, it's interesting because... Earlier in the season, the Falcons looked like toast. They removed Dan uh, Dan Quinn removed himself or whatever from the defensive coordinator role. They played well for a couple of weeks. Then they went completely back the other way. Uh, but they have rolled off a bunch of wins. I believe is it uh, six of the last eight or seven of the last nine, something like that for Atlanta. So good for them. There's some more stability there. But make no mistake about it, uh, Dan Quinn's got to win nine or ten games next year. I mean, I don't think that they could come back and do the same thing. Uh, Atlanta, when you look at them on paper, offensively, their offensive line, fair. Matt Ryan's been running for his life a lot this season. Their running backs, I would say, are poor. They're going to need to upgrade that. Wide receivers are elite, no question. When you have Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, uh, tight end elite in Hooper. So in a league where offense is the name of the game, maybe Atlanta goes into this draft, drafts a couple of defensive players, and gets themselves back into that conversation clearly the saints are the cream of the crop in the division but that is what we start off with today as dan quinn is going to return for the uh, atlanta falcons Uh, also some interesting tweets coming in Uh, we'll keep this on first down since it's nfl uh, from antonio brown our good friend antonio brown looks like he's back again and this time getting a workout with the new orleans saints And according to published reports, uh, he had to sign a waiver, apparently tweeted out the smart guy, that waiver uh, of of him being back on the field. Good for him. Happy that maybe he can get his uh, life back together and get back on the field. As I've said many times before, his kids and my kids go to the same school. So I see him a lot and I am rooting for him and I hope things go well. But let's not get too far ahead of this because according to the NFL, Commissioner Roger Goodell, the second that Antonio Brown actually signs with a team, can levy a suspension for things that have happened off the field. So what is my guess? Some team, perhaps like the Saints, ends up signing him just to hold on to him in case one of their players gets hurt in the playoffs, which is a very smart thing to do. Or better yet, go the Kareem Hunt route, which is hold on to the guy for next year. But make no mistake about it, I don't see any way that uh, A.B. is not suspended for something next year and it may not be a lot it may only be one game or two games but you gotta know going into 2020 that there's a chance that he will not be able to play for a game or two there's some people that are speculating it'll be six or eight or something like that i do not think so i think a lot of this is civil related 
And uh, maybe it, maybe it, it feels like a two-game suspension that if he behaves himself very well in the offseason, goes down to one game, and then we see him for the majority of games somewhere in 2020. And that, of course, is, is given that he can keep himself off social media and, uh, and, and, and do the right thing. But, uh, again, we'll see what happens. Not really fantasy or reality-related, but just thought I would mention that because that anytime Antonio Brown's in the news, in fact, Antonio Brown was the number two Googled sports story of 2000 and or name of 2019 all of 2019 he was number two okay so second down let's move on to a stat correction in the nfl now you hate these for fantasy right you're waiting you're waiting to see if you won and then some stat correction comes in and then you realize oh my gosh i lost like that i I rarely have seen that in fact playing fantasy for 25 years i don't think it's ever affected anything significant for me but marcus golden of the new york giants uh, got a million dollars yesterday off of a stat correction. Instead of a half a sack, he ended up getting a full sack, and so he earned a million-dollar bonus by getting to 10 sacks on the season. He clearly could get one this week against Philadelphia and make it a non-factor, but he got it out of the way last Sunday uh, with the New York Giants, and let, let's let's be real. Why do, why do these things never happen to us, right? Isn't that what you have to be thinking? Why isn't there like that Monopoly bank error in your favor? Why don't we just wake up one morning and we look at our bank account and we go to pay our bills online and we just see like $5 million sitting in the bank? Like, whoa, sorry. Whoa, whoa why did that happen, right? Like it, that, that kind of stuff just never happens to us. But it does happen to a guy in the NFL. They made the stat correction. Congratulations to him. He gets that bonus of a uh, million dollars richer. Not, not, not a bad week for him. And the pun and the narrative that's being used. Oh, what a great Christmas present. Okay, I thought I'd get away with it without using that. All right, third down. Third down. This is a cautionary tale in both fantasy and reality in Major League Baseball. You want to go back many years ago when the Tampa Bay Rays made that first run toward the uh, playoffs. And they remember their left-handed pitcher who was so good and everyone thought was going to be the next ace superstar pitcher in Major League Baseball. Remember the name, Matt Moore. Oh, yeah, you remember him. Well, Matt Moore, after you know, basically going to an All-Star game, I believe it was in 2013, played at City Field. I was there. He was there for the race. After that, it was just a disaster. The Tigers, the Rangers just couldn't find his footing. He was hurt, wasn't on the field. And, it's, and it was so disappointing because this kid came into some late-inning situations when he was a youngster and shut everybody down in the American League. And now Matt Moore ends up leaving the United States, signs a one-year deal in Japan. My gosh, like this is just such a cautionary tale of young pitching. And there have been a lot of pitchers like this in baseball that, that have shown it for a couple of years and gone completely the other way. Ubaldo Jimenez of the Rockies, Matt Harvey of the New York Mets, right? Like, we've seen these guys. They're great for a year or they're great for a month or great for a season. And then they just basically go by the wayside. And that is indeed the deal with Matt Moore. Now, look, uh, there have been other pitchers who have gone overseas and have had success. and They've come back and they've gotten contracts again. Josh Lindblom, who just got a contract this offseason with the Brewers, is a good example of that. Sometimes it works. You go away. You come back. Miles Michaelis also is another one who pitched overseas for a few years, came back, got a pretty good deal with the Cardinals, almost uh, won himself a Cy Young two years ago. So a good example of that, too. We wish Matt Moore the best of luck. We will not hear from Matt Moore 
for a year. Also, Dan Straley's pitching in uh, Korea, I believe, this year. So a couple of guys going over there. And then on fourth down, this is why betting on the college football bowls is so difficult. You kind of have to get ahead of these. Like, if you're betting on the bowl games, either get your lines early and hope for the best or have your phone on you at all times because things happen, things change. Like that uh, FAU game with all those players that were suspended, they still ended up winning the game anyway. But Mississippi State a couple of days ago had to suspend their starting quarterback, Garrett Schrader. Why? Because he and one of their linemen punched each other in the face. And so Mississippi State will take on Louisville. I did not see the line get altered all that much because they used two quarterbacks to the Bulldogs. But either way, the last thing that you want to do in college is get in a fight. And why in the world are there more suspensions this time of the year than any other time of the year in college football, right? Like for academics or off the field stuff, it always feels like this is when they start dropping the hammer. Is it because they basically have no football to play and they're not organized for weeks? I don't know the answer to that. Is it because school is over and they've already finished their terms? I have no idea. But every year, without fail, this happens. USC had to uh, suspend or, or injured, whatever, a couple of players out of the game this week. It's incredible. And by the way, how many kids are actually going to play for Alabama next week? You guys really think all these kids who said that they're going to play are going to play in this game on the first? We'll see. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Plenty more to come as we take a look at the NFL games this weekend. And then Sean and I will play a little game of is the wrong team favored in the NFL and maybe even in college football this week. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're listening live on the iHeartRadio or TuneIn apps or even our uh, Fantasy Sports Radio app, that's cool. Don't forget you can listen on demand on iTunes and Android if you subscribe to this show. Back with more in just a couple of minutes here on FNTSY Radio. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you. Are you guys having a good holiday season? Uh, I believe that uh, that I am having a pretty good holiday season. And uh, what, what have I been doing here for the last... It's This time of the year is always kind of strange for me because I'm not really sure what day it is. <laughs> And because in this industry, in the sports industry, radio and television, I've been doing radio and television now for 25 years. Man, am I that old? Let's see. Uh, not quite 25. 20-something. 20 21, 22, something like that. Is that we always seem to work on the holidays, but yet we don't know what to do with ourselves when we have no show. That's that's kind of the way that I, I feel about things. Like, I've always... My my wife always says to me, you you always work when there's a holiday, so there really are no holidays. But yet we get to talk about sports for two hours or three hours or wherever long the show is, and so it doesn't affect us. But then it's like the the, uh, the end of this football season is is similar to that, and I'll kind of explain why. 
in general, people, when they wager, they love to wager on football. I, I do know some people who are very big into basketball, and I love college basketball too. And around tournament time, I think we all get into that as well. But when but when the bowl season starts, it's like there's so many games on during the day. And my my thing is that once I commit, and by commit, here's what I mean. I turn the TV on or I, I pop my phone on to the app, right? Once I commit to the beginning, like I can't stop watching it. And so, like, if you could picture my studio right now where I'm doing the show from, like, I don't have the TV on. <laughs> I'm not watching the bowl because I know that once I start watching this bowl game today that I'm not going to be able to turn it off. So I'm trying to avoid it because I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And there's basically no chance I'm missing either of those two semifinal games tomorrow. None. Like, like these are really good teams playing in these in this thing, and we're not we don't have. And even though last year Clemson played Notre Dame, and it was very painfully obvious that Notre Dame did not belong uh, in it, that didn't have the cachet that these four teams do. And Oklahoma is going to put a lot of points up on LSU. This total is like seventy six or something insane for a for a bolt for a playoff game. Usually in, in college football, over the course of the whole season, if you go back and look you very rarely will get to a total that's like 79 or 80 like there's it almost doesn't exist but we are pushing it in this one in the in the uh, LSU uh, Oklahoma game so uh, I'll be locked in on those but yeah that's that's kind of the thing it's like a weird time of the year where today is Friday but you wouldn't know it because there's a million games on TV there's like five bowl games today and uh you know I try try to not consume myself with all of them, but that's just part of the gig. That's just part of these. I do a, a live stream picking every single game. We're doing pretty good so far with the uh, with the picks. Um, got our golden nugget picks in for the weekend. We got our super contest picks in for the weekend, and then we'll end up uh, seeing how we do. Uh, as far as the NFL goes this weekend, boy, what is the strategy for you guys who are playing in DFS or fantasy? Like this is this is this is just tough. Um, now, getting early lines on games is probably important. I would guess. But you have so much in flux. To me, the big uh, question will be, and the, the one game that I think think that you can get ahead of right now, as an example, uh, Tennessee is at Houston, okay? So Tennessee absolutely has to win to get into the playoffs. There's, they lose, they're out, okay? They're done. Now, Houston can move up a seeding from the three seed to the two seed, if I'm not mistaken, if they win and Kansas City loses. So uh, here is the perspective. Tennessee is three-and-a-half-point favorites at Houston this weekend. Now, at 1 o'clock Eastern, the Chiefs play the Chargers, and the Chiefs are more than a touchdown favorite in this game. So what does this all mean? I'll explain it. Here is how you could approach it. If you are doing nothing on Sunday and you are a day of the game better wager or whatever, here's my advice. Uh, Sunday, take a look at that game between the Chiefs and the um, and the Chiefs and the Chargers. If if you see the Chiefs rolling over the Chargers, which is certainly possible, but again, it's the Chargers, right? Like you never know with that team. Based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, yes, the Chiefs are probably going to roll the Chargers, and that's going to be it. If that ends up happening, you can run and take your Tennessee minus three and a half 
immediately after you see Kansas City go up like 14-0 or 21-0, if that indeed happens. Because if it does, Bill O'Brien, the head coach of the Houston Texans, there's no possible way that this guy is going to play Deshaun Watson in a game that means nothing. And it would mean nothing to Houston if Kansas City ends up winning. And so what would the line end up being, let's say hypothetically, if Tennessee was at Houston needing to win and Deshaun Watson isn't playing? And DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, isn't playing either, right? The line's going to go up. And and by the time the game kicks off on Sunday at 4 o'clock Eastern, if if uh, the Chiefs win big, is Tennessee is going to be a six- or seven-point favorite at Houston. Now, you may ask yourself, why don't I get in on that now? Like, I believe the Chiefs are going to win, and I believe that they will beat the Chargers. Well, if that's the case and you believe that, then go ahead and do it. But guess what? Uh, there's also that chance that that the Chargers beat the Chiefs. Like, this is the NFL. You never know. And if that is the case, then the line is going to go down. And then Houston's going to need to play all their guys to win because they want that week off next week, as they should. That's a big week to have off. And by the way, once you get past the wild card round and get to the divisional round, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, the winning percentage of teams that have that buy and are at home is incredible. The teams that, that are off and then they come back, they play very well. It's it's uh, it's the same thing why, why we say during the regular season of the NFL, teams coming off a bye. Oh, they're coming off the bye. Like, that's a good thing. And it usually is. Well, this is essentially like another team having a bye week, except for it's coming off, uh, you know, during the playoffs. So that's just one thing that I'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, this week, amongst amongst some of the other games too, the other the other game too that I want to uh, bring up is, you know, I I really do think that there's a chance that the Giants have a shot against the Eagles. Really, I understand that the Dallas is playing below who they're supposed to be all season long. I get it, but Philadelphia didn't really look that great against the Cowboys. I mean, look, give them credit. They won. They didn't really look that great, though, against the Cowboys, did they, in Dallas last week? I don't think so. And when I look at it deeper, Philadelphia's lost some pretty big games, right? They've lost to the Dolphins. I, I mean, you're getting points with the Giants this week. Why can't the Giants uh, beat Philadelphia? I don't I don't see why not. Seems reasonable, especially with Daniel Jones, at quarterback. Daniel Jones pretty good. He's playing well, I thought. So uh, those are a couple of games that that uh, I'll be looking at this week, and and honestly, the uh, the most compelling game for sure. And I, I when it comes to those Sunday night NFL games that end the season, I always enjoy. I, I mean, I enjoy the fact that you're in, you're out for the division, but to me, I I, I like it more when the, when there's two teams playing and you win, you're in, and you're out, you're you're just done for the season. Like I, I it's like an extra playoff game. I love that. So in this case. Both teams are making it between San Francisco and Seattle. It's just a matter of who wins the West, right? So I tend, I, I'll, I think it's compelling. The Marshawn Lynch story is probably the main reason why it's so compelling. But I still think that San Francisco is the class of the NFC. I know, I know. They they've played down to a lot of competition. They lost to the Falcons. 
they seem to go down to the last minute of every game and they need a field goal or the other team needs a field goal to win. And that's look, that's definitely happened a lot, but they've also won a lot of those close games. And I think that that's going to help them as they get uh, closer to maybe even getting to the Super Bowl. And then, by the way, to me, there's only a few teams that can stop Baltimore and I don't know that any team will be able to stop them in the AFC, especially since they have that home field advantage. But those two teams playing in Miami here uh, in the Super Bowl coming up in a few weeks, I, I think that the 49ers may have an opportunity there. I think that they may have a ch- chance to stop Lamar Jackson. They actually did it. Very few teams have stopped him all year long. The teams that have are Buffalo, Cleveland, how, I don't know, and San Francisco, right? Like those are the only three teams in 16 weeks that have made Lamar Jackson look bad for at least a half. And I'm not going to rule out what the uh, 49ers are able to do. They, they've been giving up a lot more points on defense. This is true. But uh, not always the sexiest team makes it all the way. That's uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, so we got North Carolina and Temple going on right now in the Military Bowl. UNC is up 7 nothing. Like I said, I'm not going to be watching that game very closely, but uh, I will be in on the Michigan State-Wake Forest game, which we'll talk about a little bit with John Lobb. We got Oklahoma State and Texas A&M a little bit later. Yuck. No quarterback for Oklahoma State. A&M, uh, they're hit or miss. USC and Iowa. How How is this total? 53. Wow. I mean, Iowa can't score at all, right? But USC's been missing a couple people. This line has been going up and down. And then tonight's uh, game, Washington State at Air Force. Some fireworks should be in this game. The total is 69. I don't think that it's going to be. I I think that at least 50 points are going to be scored in this game. But for whatever reason, Washington State does not play well in bowl games ever. I think Mike Leach is 1-5 in or something like that against the spread or even straight up in bowl games. And this is the Cheez-It Bowl. Remember last year's Cheez-It Bowl? It was a complete disaster. I would expect more points would be scored tonight. That's at 10-15 Eastern. All right, coming up next, we play a game of is the wrong team favored in the NFL. Normally, this is a Thursday afternoon little game that Joe Pizapia and I play. But my producer, Sean Guastamacchia, is going to help me out today. He'll ask me the questions about the NFL lines and some college, too. I'll tell you whether the underdog should actually be the team favorite in the contest. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Craig Mish. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. As we got you for uh, the next hour and a half, we got our friend John Lobb coming up to talk a little college football with us. And I heard that little promo there with uh, with Joe Ranieri and Dane. Wow, they really think that Houston's going to suit up their guys, huh? I think so, yeah. Uh, I do not think so. <laughs> I do not think so. And the if team you they think will Deshaun play. Watt, yeah. You think Deshaun Watson is going to play after what happened where he couldn't even walk, that Deshaun Watson is going to play in a game that means nothing when he can rest another week to play? I don't know. 
I don't know. Respectfully, we'll have to disagree with that uh, point. with that take on that show. All right. Um, okay, so uh, here's a little game that we're going to play here on the show, Sean, of uh, is the wrong team favored in the NFL or in college football? So Sean's got the lines. He's got the point spreads. And we'll kind of go over this as well. Just a quick note, by the way, Sean, we need to make an adjustment. As uh, a few minutes ago, Mike Zimmer uh, announced that the Vikings are sitting all of their guys. So the Bears are now three-point favorites. Uh, So let's make that adjustment. Three-point favorites for the Chicago Bears against the Vikings. Okay, take it away. All right, let's start. Is the wrong team favored? Clemson, no top 25 wins this season in the trash ACC. They're two-point favorites against the Ohio State Buckeyes, who uh, beat Wisconsin twice, also beat Penn State and Michigan, so uh, they have some impressive wins on their resume. Fiesta Bowl semifinal playoff matchup is the wrong team favored. The Tigers favored by two points over the Buckeyes. Yeah, I I do not think the wrong team is favored. I like Clemson a lot in this game. Uh, I do think that Ohio State has had a great season, and I'm not going to take anything away from them, but... I would also say that, uh, look, Ohio State, they've they've had a really good year offensively, but I don't think that they have been tested defensively by any team like they're going to against Clemson. So uh, the Tigers, to me, uh, are a sleeping Tiger, so to speak. I really think that they have a good shot to win this. I think that they'll be an underdog against LSU in the championship. And let's not forget that when this game was announced, Ohio State was a point-and-a-half favorite over Clemson. The line completely flipped the other way to the Tigers minus two. So uh, this is a rare favorite that I, you know, you guys know, if you've listened to me enough by now, I am an underdog guy. But in this particular spot, I am going to take Clemson minus the points. So the answer is no, Sean. The wrong team is not favored in the semifinal game tomorrow. All right, let's move on to the NFL Week 17. Browns two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Cincinnati Bengals. Browns, you know the story. I mean, big expectations this season did not deliver. Bengals just one win on the year. But is the wrong team favored with the Browns two-and-a-half-point favorites here? Yeah, I do think the wrong team is favored. I think the Bengals, uh, they showed last week against Miami that regardless of draft pick, they're going to play right down to the end, and they could have cost themselves the number one pick in the draft. Now that that's out, I would expect them to play uh, very hard against the Browns, and this is their uh, in-state rival. This game is usually tight, and wouldn't it be great for the Bengals on their end to go out with a win? They're getting points in this game. That really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Even on paper, is Cleveland supremely more talented than Cincinnati? Honestly, uh, I mean, the way that Dalton played last week, you wouldn't know the difference. Now, look, they're going to be up against it. Of course, Cleveland, they can run the ball very well. They've run the ball with Chubb all season long, and Hunt's been pretty good out of the backfield, too. They have those two guys there. Beyond that, I don't think that this is a mismatch. I think that at the very least, it should be a pick game. Cleveland does not deserve to be favored over almost any team in the NFL this season, let alone the Bengals. Um, I'm going to say, yes, the wrong team is favored. We'll take the Bengals uh, to upset the Browns on Sunday, Sean. All right, let's continue in the NFL. Uh, divisional matchup here, another one. Uh, Vikings and Bears, you just mentioned it. The Bears now favored by three points in this matchup. The Bears the favorites. So is the wrong team favored here between the Bears and Vikings? Uh, no, the wrong. Yeah, and, and again, uh, road favorites is not something that I like to do, but uh, I'm not going to be taking um, the Vikings now. I mean, if if they have decided that this game means nothing to them, 
the names that we've heard already, Cousins and Cook sitting. Um, I, I cannot imagine Thielen plays in this game, Diggs. The only problem is the Bears don't score a lot either. So this could be an extremely low-scoring game. This is the lowest total, by the way, of any game played in the NFL this season at 36. There has been no lower total in any NFL game this year. Uh, it's gone down now, and, and they usually will not put a total in any game lower than 36. So uh, wrong team is not favored. I do think the Bears are going to uh, close out their season, Sean, with a win. They're trying, and they're going to you know use that 8-8 eight, mm-hmm. eight mark, I guess, to try and save their year. It means nothing for the Vikings. The Vikings should lose. They should get blown out. I mean, there's no reason <laughs> for them to play this game at all. Very, very true. All right, uh, let's move on to your favorite, favorite quarterback in the NFL Jameis Winston, the Bucks and Winston are one-point favorites against the Dan Quinn Falcons uh, coming back next year. was just announced. The wrong team favorite in this one? Buccaneers favored by one point. Uh, you know, this line's flipped back and forth. Atlanta looks like, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, this line flipped now to Atlanta. No, Tampa Bay still won. Okay. Um, tough one here. Tough one here. Uh, wrong team favorite. I'm going to say no. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, even with all of those turnovers against Houston last Saturday, still had an opportunity to beat the Texans late. I think it is pretty foolish of the Falcons to even announce anything about their coach without having played the last game. Like, why even do that? Let's let's play the last game out and see how it goes. I don't blame them if they decide to keep uh, Quinn around, but doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, to to make the announcement when you still have another game to play. What if uh, Tampa Bay wins sixty one to nothing? What if players are fighting on the sideline? You've already made your announcement. Feels stupid. Uh, <laughs> wrong team, not favored. I'm going to say Bucks win the game on Sunday. All right, this is a good one. Steelers two point favorites at the Ravens. Ravens sitting there starters, right? Nothing to play for there. Steelers clinging to playoff aspirations, hopes. Although it's uh, you know it's faint. Two point favorites in this one with Duck Hodges starting at quarterback. Wrong team favored? Oh, man. Uh, We're getting to the tough ones here now. How can you have any faith in Pittsburgh at all? Like, really? Like, how can you have any faith? I wouldn't. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, Baltimore, you know, they, they would probably like to send Pittsburgh home. But would they do that at the risk of hurting a single player? I feel like all Baltimore's going to do is just going to run the ball constantly. Um, And and Pittsburgh, they're going to try everything they can. They're going to throw all over the place. But if Pittsburgh wins this game, what's the score? 17-3, something like that? I I mean, I I, I can't do it. Uh, I am going to say the wrong team is favored. I have a feeling the Steelers are going to lose to RG3. I really do. I have that Um, same feeling. Yeah. You know, uh, Gus Edwards running the – I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is good, but all – you know, see, the issue is in a game like this is that Pittsburgh needs the game so bad that they have to throw. Baltimore, in all likelihood, with Griffin, are not going to make a lot of mistakes because they're just going to run. Hodge is probably going to throw an interception – and if he does in their own territory, that's, that could cost him the game, and they have no choice. They have to play this way. Uh, wrong team's favorite here. I'm going to take the Ravens plus the points, nice. even with nothing and playing nothing. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, the Bills locked into the fifth seed in the AFC. No word yet on whether they will play any of their starters as uh, they will play the next weekend in the AFC wild card. One-and-a-half-point favorites against their divisional rival, the New York Jets. Wrong team favorite in this one? Yes, I do. I'm sorry, Sean. I think the Jets are going to win. Um, 
I think that uh, McDermott, who hasn't said anything, eventually will. And um, and I think the Jets probably end up being favored in this game by the time that it goes right, off. Uh, right. Buffalo opened up as a five-point favorite. It's a divisional game. It's a New York State game. So, you know, there's, there's that little competitive advantage there. And by the way, I see uh, Josh Allen playing a few snaps in this game, kind of based on the way that McDermott has done the preseason. So there is a chance, if you want to do something interesting, it would be maybe to play either the over or to play Buffalo in the first half. But there is no chance that John Brown or Singletary or Gore mm-hmm. or any of these dudes is playing in the second half of this game. So what you could do is if you're doing live betting, wait till the half, take the Jets in the second half, although the Jets can't really score either. Uh, Low-scoring game, 13-10 type game. I think the wrong team is favored. And by the way, there's no doubt that come Sunday, Jets are going to be favored in the game. Not by a lot, but they'll be favored by two or three points. All right, let's so uh, two more NFL games. Broncos, three-point favorites currently against their uh, – Divisional rival Raiders, and I, you gotta love Week 17 because the NFL does a good job of putting <laughs> divisional <laughs> team, good, yeah. you know, foes uh, against one another. Because you know, if you don't have anything to play for, pride means something. So uh, here's another one: Broncos Raiders, Denver three point favorites, laying three points. Yeah, the danger in this game is that the Raiders um, they could know their fate going into the four o'clock game. There's a chance that the Raiders have to have a bunch of things happen. And if any of them don't, I still think the Raiders will play hard. But let's be honest, you're a football player and you know going on that field that you have no shot to make the playoffs. What mode are you in? Like, I'm in preservation mode at that point. Like, I don't want to get hurt. I just want to get out of here and be done. Um, I'm going to say the wrong team is favored and I'm going to take the Raiders plus the points. But let's get real. The Raiders, in their biggest moment of the season, at home against Jacksonville, forget about covering, couldn't even win. Like, that that was just an epic loss for them. And by the way, had the Raiders beaten Jacksonville by a measly point in their final home game in Oakland, which they should have, they'd be playing for the playoffs this week. They'd be 8-7, and seven, and all they would need to do is win. And they would be in, and they and they just completely messed up. So uh, I'm going to say the wrong team is favored. I'm going to take the Raiders, but I don't feel great about this one. So this would be a little right. bit more of a, a pass for me. I f- I'm with you on that one. All right, one more left. 49ers playing for the number one seed in the NFC at the Seattle Seahawks. Three point favorites in this one. You know the story with the Seahawks on Turbin and Marshawn Lynch to play running back with their injuries there. Um, they could get the number two, three seed, the Seattle Seahawks, or they could drop to the five seed, depending on what happens earlier in the day because it's a Sunday night game. So 49ers, three-point favorites on the road at the Seahawks. Wrong team favorite? Uh, no, I'm going to take uh, the San Francisco here, and, and I'm going to feel pretty good about it. San Francisco has been the best team in the NFC all season long. They're one win away from proving that if they lose, it completely goes the other way. They go from the division winner to the wild card, and I don't think that's going to happen. The line is begging you to take Seattle in this spot at home in front of that crowd on Sunday. But simply put, Seattle's defense has not been good enough all season long to get it done, especially at home for whatever reason. Uh, Line opened up as a pick. It quickly moved to two. It is now up to three. And I do think that the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win this game. And it will be close. But too much love for Lynch. Too much love for what's happened on the positive side. I see it 
as a half-empty side for Seattle. You lose Chris Carson, and I know he's fumbled a couple times this year, but that guy has been a rock for Seattle. Twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns, and I'm not—I don't know, you know, precise, whatever. But you're without your top three running backs, and you expect that Travis Homer is going to come in and tear apart this 49ers defense that has been so good all season long? No. Now, the wrong team is not favored in this game. Road favorite wins. San Francisco wins, and they go on to get that bye week. And then Seattle is going to be really up against it, I think, in the uh, in the first round of the playoffs, having to go on the road. One more for you. All right. Just 30 seconds. Oh, Do you ahead. have one? What's the biggest upset outright this weekend, college or pro? Uh, I got the Giants beating the Eagles uh, outright. And uh, I got Memphis beating Penn State in their bowl game. Memphis beats Penn State outright. Yep. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Coming up next, best of, second hour is on deck. Plenty more to get to here on Fantasy Sports Today. I'll go around the league in Major League Baseball, tell you where the free agency stands for a lot of players, and then we'll preview all the bowl games coming up. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Bish, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Did any of you sit and watch the three-hour extravaganza between Louisiana Tech and Miami? I mean, you got to be kidding me. This was... I, I thought the Cheez-Its Bowl last year was the worst bowl I had ever seen. I think that was TCU and Cal, if I'm not mistaken. This bowl... That bowl made this bowl look ridiculous. Like... I mean, I don't even know what to say about that game. You had two teams, and and first of all, let's give credit to the winner because there was a winner in that, and it was Louisiana Tech. But you had two teams that couldn't throw the ball, couldn't run the ball, and basically were just going three and out and punt throughout the entire game. Now, you may wonder, well, why focus so much on this game and not on the other games going on today? But we got two hours. We can cover it all here on the show. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I live in South Florida. This is where I've lived for uh, the better part of of 30, 40 years. I took a break and lived on the west coast of Florida for a few years, and I also lived in Gainesville as I went to the University of Florida from 1991 to 1995. So I think that I'm pretty well schooled as somebody who has covered the University of Miami football team and covered them to all of their home games. And in fact, I went to Miami's national championship games and covered them for Fox Sports Florida, um, covered their championship game against Nebraska and against Ohio State. One win, one loss. Remember that crazy uh, penalty at the end of the game against Ohio State? Maurice Claret, remember that guy? Uh, (laughs) Rushed for a touchdown in overtime and ended up winning. But I got to say that I I just, I don't, I, I see a lot of people commenting online and I see a lot of people saying that the school is just not concerned with athletics or they're not willing to pay coaches and not willing to, do what it takes to bring that school back to prominence. But this isn't even about prominence. 
Why in the world would any team that's six and six go into a bowl game and show that kind of performance? What is the point? What was the point? I don't get it. Now, for Louisiana Tech, they won eight games. Made a lot of sense. The game was in Louisiana. They get to play against a Power 5 conference in Miami. But if you are Miami and you know that you're going to basically not have a half a dozen kids who decided to go to the NFL, for what reason, I don't know, because none of them are going in the first or second round, and on top of it, your game plan is to play three different quarterbacks in this game, one of which you hadn't taken a snap all season long. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.